Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of 1 Samuel, looking at 1 Samuel chapter 12. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read beginning in verse 1. And Samuel said to all Israel, Behold, I have obeyed your voice and all that you have said to me, and I have made a king over you. And now, behold, the king walks before you, and I am old and gray, and behold, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my youth until this day. Here I am. Testify against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Or whose donkey have I taken? Or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed? Or from whose hand have I taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it? Testify against me, and I will restore it to you. They said, You've not defrauded us or oppressed us or taken anything from any man's hand. And he said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. And they said, He is witness. And Samuel said to the people, The Lord is witness, who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Now, therefore, stand still that I may plead with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and your fathers. When Jacob went into Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your fathers cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, and he sold them into the hand of Sisera, commander of the army of Hazor, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab. And they fought against them, and they cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord, and have served Baals and Ashtoreths. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, that we may serve you. And the Lord sent Jerubel and Barak and Jephthah and Samuel and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you lived in safety. And when you saw that Nahash, king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us, when the Lord your God was your king. And now, behold, the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked, behold, the Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now, therefore, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not the wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord that he may send thunder and rain, and you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord, in asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God that we may not die, for we have added to our sins this evil to ask for ourselves a king. 
And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil. Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great namesake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I would sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. In the previous chapter, Saul had fought his first battle as the leader of Israel, and after winning in a very dramatic way, His kingship was affirmed by all of Israel, and they vowed to follow him as king. So in this chapter, Samuel addresses the crowd and lets them know he's going to be taking a step back. They asked for a king. God granted them a king. So he's not in charge anymore. And even though Samuel's time as leader over Israel is coming to an end, he is still setting an example for all of Israel of what a good leader looks like. And so by extension, we can learn lessons about leadership and leading others from Samuel and being able to do that in a way that honors God and leads people closer to God. In this story, we see how Samuel lived, the things Samuel chose to say to Israel, and the things that Samuel did and would do in the future. At the beginning of the speech, Samuel talks about his own integrity. But even in that, we see some principles of good leadership. First and foremost, he was willing to listen to others. He talks about the fact that they had a king. It was the king that they wanted. He struggled with that decision. He went to God with it. God gave him instruction. But ultimately, he was willing to listen to the people and provide them what they needed. The other thing we see in here is that he was there for the people. He wasn't there for himself or to enrich himself or to boost his own ego or his own name. He was there for the people. He didn't take anything from them. He didn't defraud them. He didn't accept bribes. He was there for others. He told them, I've been here from my youth till now, and I've never mistreated you. He lets us know that he never abused the relationships or the power structure that was in place. And we do well now to follow those examples, whether we're leading an individual to a closer walk with Christ, we're raising our children, we're leading a group of people in our jobs or in our churches, whatever the circumstance, if we will be willing to listen to others, hear what's actually going on with them, understand where they are, and be there for them, we can lead them closer to God but only if we never abuse those relationships and the trust that those people have put in us. We also see in this farewell address the things that Samuel chose to say to the people. And first and foremost, he reminded them of the greatness of God, the interactions that others have with us, whether it's a direct discussion about God and the greatness that we see, or if it can be inferred from the way we treat people and the kindness that we show, we should always be reminding others of God's greatness, of His grace, of His mercy. We are to be conduits of that love of God to the rest of the world. Our lives should be a reminder of that greatness. And when it's necessary, we should use the words that reinforce that and paint a picture of what an awesome God we serve. But as he described how awesome God was, he did not hesitate to confront sin. 
it seems very popular in our religious society in this day and time to pick one extreme or the other, to only talk about God's greatness and his love, or to only talk about the sin that others are committing and they need to change. The reality is all of the examples we have in Scripture begin with understanding God's love and His greatness and how that should be a compelling reason for avoiding sin so that we can make the most of this life and live with Him for eternity. And the reality is that others who are not as connected to God may not always see God working or see how these things play out. They may not see how it's in their best interest. So it's important for us, like Samuel, to show others when God is working. He presented them with things that God had done for the people of Israel in the past and showed how it was relevant to the circumstances they were experiencing in their time, how they could learn from that and put away the sin in their lives and follow God wholeheartedly. And while our personal integrity and character are important and the things that we say to others are very important, what we do matters as well. So it's very important for us to remember God's power to use people and circumstances for his purposes. Throughout the book of 1 Samuel, God has used Israel's enemies, the people who were faithful to him, as well as the bad choices of the Israelites, like wanting another king. And he's used all of them to bring about rescue from the Ammonites and to set Israel on a course where they'll be more dependent on him. If we constantly have that in front of mind, it should motivate us and direct us in ways that honor and please God. Ultimately, according to Jesus, God's power should motivate us to service. We should be looking for opportunities to take care of those who have been marginalized or are less fortunate and need their pathway cleared so that they can see Jesus clearly and experience his love through us. And that means we can't take anyone for granted. All of the people that God has put into our lives are either opportunities for us to serve or opportunities for us to learn and grow. So when we come into contact with these people and we remember that God uses people and circumstances to bring about his purposes, it causes us to want to join in and respond to those people and circumstances the way God wants us to, so that we're on God's side doing God's will. Along those lines, we have to imitate Samuel here and make sure that people know that God will always love them. It doesn't mean that he always approves of the actions that they take. It doesn't mean that he doesn't expect them to make a change. But it does mean that he cares about them. We should understand this principle as we've raised children. There are very often times that we have to correct our children because they make a mistake or they intentionally do something that they should not do. But it's our responsibility as parents to correct and guide and discipline these children so that they grow up and become the people God intends them to be. God expects us to take that mentality with all of his creation. We have to continue to remind people that God loves them. And absolutely the best way to do that is to let God's love flow through us as we love them. And in understanding how much God loved these people, Even these people who had rejected Samuel as their leader and continued to sin against God, Samuel was willing to pray for them. He said he wouldn't dare sin against God by refusing to pray for them. We need to be willing to pray for anyone who asks us, and not just with a polite, I'll pray for you, but actually on our hands and knees, cry out to the Father on their behalf 
and not always just ask that their circumstance gets better or they find God, but that God will equip us to allow us to minister to these people so that those things come about. Samuel said he was not going to stop instructing them and teaching them, showing them the right way. And so that needs to be another thing that we do. Be willing to teach all that God gives us. Not every student is a ready learner. Not everyone that asks advice or seeks insight from you is going to be transformed instantly. But the key is to keep those lines of communication open so that when teachable moments present themselves, you can honor God with the things that you say and the way that you treat these people so that they know how much God cares. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.